Praise the Lord. Good morning. It always is an honor and delight for Patty and I to be at Faith Chapel. We love you all. And you all are like family. And Pastor Brad and Beth and their family are so special to us. And uh, just the anointing of grace and mercy upon their life. And we've seen how that is uh, just covered each one of you and how you all have taken on that same anointing and characteristic. This church is a special church. And I can tell you, as we travel around every week in different churches, you have something special. Or maybe I should say you are special in what you have done to seek after the presence of God and run after Him. And God has blessed you all in a mighty way, and we love you, and it is an honor for us to be here with each one of you guys. Patty, would you stand, please, and let them see you? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Venezuela is going through a difficult time, as you all know, and um, this, just this week, I had somebody talk to me and say, Gary, is is it really like what they're putting in the news? Is it really that bad? And I said, well, really, it's worse than what they're reporting in the news. Every day, every week, it begins and just continues to uh, disintegrate, unravel, and just get worse. And the inflation rate is right now, they, they, they said last month, the inflation rate was 187% for the month of November. And this is the largest bill denomination that they have. It's a 100. And they call their money Bolivers after uh, Simon Bolivar. So the 100 bill is the largest denomination they have. In September of this year, it took 10 of these bills to make one U.S. dollar. Today, three months later, it takes 45 of these to make one U.S. dollar. That's how fast it's uh, going down. And there's just, there's just no money. The government has no money. And it's just everything affects another and affects another area. And so that's where we're at. When you all went over and above in your generous offering for Christmas for Samuel's house, that's why it makes such a huge impact. Jasmine, our director, has already bought the gifts for all the kids and the parents of Samuel's house. They're ready. And we've also been able to buy, she said, three months worth of food because of your offering. So thank you for your generosity, and we know that you all are a giving, loving church, and we appreciate it so much. There's many people that cannot find food in Venezuela right now. They can't afford to buy food, and even if they have the money, they can't find it. It's just not available. There's just, just such a shortage, food and medicine. And God has given us favor with the lady in the community who is, um, she has like a uh, distribution 
center for the food. So when they get it, and every day she has long lines of people waiting, and she will call us and say, Jasmine, I got in some food. If you can come tonight like at 8 o'clock or tomorrow morning like at 5 o'clock, you can buy some food. So she calls us, and we go, and we send the, the truck, and speed the light truck, by the way. We go, and we get the food in the, in the darkness. We cover it up so nobody sees it, and we take it to Samuel's house and hide it. And so that is... Um, Cement's the same way when you when you buy bags of cement. It's just it's like you're buying contraband. They tell you uh, what time to be there to go into their their uh, barn where it's stored, and you have to cover it up and not show anybody until you get to where you're going, because it'll be robbed. And and not only that, they will be attacked. Everybody wanting to get from them, and so. Because of your generosity, we have the Christmas presents for this year, and we have some food stored up, and we thank you for it. And all, everybody associated with Samuel's house knows who Faith Chapel is. And so they say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness and your love that you've shown to them, not just this year, but over the years that we've been in existence of Samuel's house. We appreciate it so much. It is such a blessing. And we are making a transition. We're still going to stay in Venezuela as Venezuelan missionaries, but Patty and I, all the other assemblies that got missionaries are being relocated, reassigned to other countries, and they'll be moving to other countries. And Patty and I have talked with our leadership in the, in the missions department and, and said, we, we just can't, we just can't, we just can't do it. And so they said, okay, you can't live there right now, but you could go in and take trips, much like what they've been doing in Cuba for a number of years. You can go in and out and take short-term trips and still continue working with Samuel's House and with the National Church. And so that's what we're going to be doing when we finish our uh, period of fundraising. And then the other uh, awesome part as you know, when God, God changes seasons, it's with purpose, and it's always better. And so Venezuela, the Assemblies of God in Venezuela, have sent out over 20 units in missions for missionaries around the world. They're in, uh, in the Netherlands, Holland, Ireland, uh, Spain, Germany, Colombia, the United States, uh, Canada, all over. And so the Caribbean... And so Patty and I are going to be working with them as a liaison because out of all of the crisis, the people that have suffered the most have been the Venezuelan missionaries. Uh, the Assemblies of God in Venezuela cannot uh, get the, the, the currency to send the dollars or the euros to them, and so they have been struggling. A lot of the missionaries are, are literally stranded, and so they've taken on secular jobs. Their wives are working just to be able to continue. Patty and I were with some of them last May, and you know, in the midst of all of their crisis, not one of them asked us for an offering. 
They said, can you come back and preach some Holy Spirit conferences? Can you come and do workshops on leadership? Can you come and bring some discipleship material for our church? And so that's what we're going to be doing as we go in and out of Venezuela. We're also going to be taking Venezuelan missions around the world. And I'm just waiting as we kind of get things lined out that there will be a day when Faith Chapel can go with us to some of these places to begin to minister to them where they are. And so stay tuned. We're going to be giving you the news on that. That's going to be awesome. Out on the table here in the foyer by the door, we have some different uh, information. We have some pictures of Samuel's house, and we also have like a little newsletter, uh, some information about our ministry. If you want to know more, you can pick one of those up. Uh, we have also some t-shirts and Christmas cards. The Christmas cards were designed by the children of Samuel's house. The t-shirts have the logo of Samuel's house. All of the money that comes from that goes directly to buy food for Samuel's house. And so if you, if you want to buy one, it, uh, all of that will go to help with Samuel's house. And then um, as we're moving along, Samuel's house has been blessed. They've not been immune to the problems, but in the midst of the problems, and today while Pastor Brad was talking about what they're going through with Sophia, you know, the testimony is not just at the end of the trial. The testimony is in the middle of the trial when we still declare our allegiance to God. That we know God is going to do His work. He is faithful. And that's where we're at right now. In the midst of all what's going on in Venezuela, we just declare His faithfulness. His faithfulness. And many of you have worked on like the campground, and that is being rented out almost every uh, weekend. And even some days during the week, uh, we're not able to plant uh, like we used to because you can't find the seeds or the fertilizer, the pesticides. They're just not available. We can't have the the, the pigs or the chickens because there's no feed for it. And so the one constant that we've had has been the campground. People has been renting the campground churches. And so that has been a huge help. And that's another way that you all have blessed us and helped us. And so thank you for that. I want to share today about principles of, of the kingdom that never change. In Galatians chapter 6, And many of you have asked about our children. They were both living in Venezuela. In the first part of this year, our daughter uh, left Venezuela and came back to uh, the States and with her husband now. And our son and his family left Venezuela in uh, October. It's just a miracle. And in the midst of all of the, the crises, he was able to sell his business. Somebody bought the business, and so they have relocated. They're living in Dallas, Texas right now, and he's going to be opening the business there. And so God has helped, has answered our prayer, and so thank you for asking about them. They are excited. We're all still going through withdrawal uh, because of the cultural changes and so on, but uh, God is faithful. God is so faithful. 
Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8 and 9 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. And the one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I just want to commend you as a, as a body of believers for your faithfulness in doing good. We know that you bless us in so many different ways, but not only us, you bless other ministries all year long. And so what you are sowing, God is going to bring the harvest. Don't grow weary and say, well, we've done enough. You know, I, I encounter pastors who say, no, we can't do missionary offerings because it'll take away from my salary or it's going to hurt our local church. And I'm like, dear Lord, heal his ignorance. <laughs> there is no way you can give to God and it's going to hurt us. It's just the opposite. When we sow we reap. And when people become generous like you all, the pastor and his family and other people are the benefactors of that because it becomes a lifestyle and an attitude of, a, of the heart. And so that's what he's saying here. When you, when you sow, you're going to reap. And that is a kingdom principle that cannot change. Now, I learned that principle when I was a young boy, when my mom and dad, every time I would leave the house, I would say, Mom, I'm going to go play with friends. My mom or dad would always say, remember, Gary, you reap what you sow. It was a warning. And they really meant that in the negative sense, which is true, and it applies. But you know what? It also applies in the positive realm. It applies in the, in the positive aspect as well. What we sow, we reap. I grew up in western Kansas, and so I grew up around farmers, and we all worked for farmers, and we would all, when we turned 14, all of us boys would go drive tractors, and we would be out there, and we would plow, and it'd come time to... Uh, to uh, to plant the corn, and then uh, drill the wheat, to plant the wheat. And when we would do that, we would be excited, but we really didn't understand everything that was going on because we weren't farmers. But as we planted the wheat, and then we would pull out and move on to other things, we knew that the seed was in the ground, but we didn't understand all of the concept that that seed had to die, it had to germinate, and then when the snow would come, the snow would provide the nutrients that it needed, but also would insulate it from the cold. And in springtime, you drive out and you see all these little green shoots coming up out of the ground. 
And then they would grow and they would turn brown, golden brown. And then the shafts would grow up and, and have a head of wheat on it. And when the harvest time came and we had all the combines ready, we had the trucks ready, we had the augers ready, everything was ready just waiting for that first day of harvest. And when the farmer would say, okay, it's time, we didn't say, okay, let's go harvest watermelons. You know why? Because we didn't plant watermelons. We planted wheat. So we knew what the harvest was going to be, wheat. It's the same principle that applies to our life. What we sow, we reap. Most of you know Pastor Ray, the uh, district superintendent for the, the North Missouri, and he is such a nice guy, isn't he? Such a kind-hearted guy. And how is it possible to get mad at him? But you know why? It's because everywhere he goes, he sows kindness. He says, oh, you're loved. Oh, be blessed. And because of that, that's what he receives. So it doesn't apply just in the financial realm. It applies to every aspect of our life. Our spirit, our talents, our abilities, our attitude, everything. It's a kingdom principle that can't change. What we sow, we reap. And when we apply that to the, the financial realm, the giving realm, I've heard people tell me, but Pastor Gary, I don't have much money. I, what I have is so insignificant, it really wouldn't make, make a difference. But we know in the kingdom that God is in the, in the business of multiplication, <laughs> In Luke chapter 21, it says, And Jesus looked up, and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had to live on. Now that's faith. That's what I want to look at this morning, being able to invest, to sow into the kingdom of God. And when you sow into the kingdom, it says, when you sow to the flesh, you reap destruction. That just simply means that everything that you're investing in, at some point down the road, is going to vanish. It's going to be gone. It's going to rust. But when you sow to the Spirit... You will reap eternal life. But in the kingdom of God, you're not just going to reap eternal life for yourself, but you are investing in the lives of others who also are going to reap eternal life. And when we get to heaven, there are going to be many people that will come up and say, thank you. Thank you. And you're like, well, who are you? Like, well, I'm, I'm from Colombia. I'm from Venezuela. I'm from wherever. But because of your giving, because of your prayers, I'm in heaven today. Thank you. When we sow into the kingdom of God, we reap eternal life. There's just three principles of the kingdom that cannot change. One, you reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, and thirdly, you reap 
after you sow. Whatever it is that you sow, you reap. But it's not just part of our, it's not just our money. It's everything that we have. And when we first started our church in Kadakis, uh now about 14 years ago, the very first year that we started, I told them, we're going to have a missions convention. And they looked at me, and they're like, Pastor, look at us. Do we look like gringos to you? <laughs> we can't do that. And I'm like, you know what? That is not true. Because this is the Word of God. And if this Word works in the United States, it has to work in Venezuela. And if it doesn't work in Venezuela, then it's not the Word of God. And you know what? They believe me. They began to save. They began to sell watches and rings, their jewelry. They began to, uh, to do whatever they could do. So when the time came to take our first missions offering, they could participate. We invited Venezuelan missionaries to come to our church and share their, about their ministry. And we blessed them. We gave to them. From that beginning, from that beginning, we now have two full-time missionaries. One is ministering in the Amazon jungle to the indigenous people there, and the other is in Morocco ministering to the Muslim population. Both of them came out of that missions convention from being involved in missions. At first, our church was like, when I'd say, we are a mission church, they're like, oh, we don't like that term because it sounded like it says we're small and we need help. I said, no, it's just the opposite. It means that we understand the apostolic mantle over our church, and we are going to send out, and we are going to bless those that go out for missions. Our missions director is a dentist in Caracas. And when he first started coming to our church, he wasn't a Christian. He told his wife, I don't want anything to do with that, but to help you, I'll go with you. You can, you can do what you do, and I'll stay in the back with our son, Brian. And so Tanya would come to the front. She would worship the Lord, became part of our worship team. And Luis, the dentist, would be in the back and just walk back and forth carrying their son, Brian. When we took one of our mission trips, a medical team, the director of that trip asked Luis, you know, we need more, more uh, medical help. Can you go with us? He said, okay, I'll go. He was curious about what was going on. So he went with us on our first medical mission trip, and it was during that trip he gave his heart to the Lord. Today, he is our missions director. And him and the other medical uh, people in our church, we have um, pediatricians, child psychologists, general practitioners, uh, I don't know, a bunch of different ones. And they all take, they have their own equipment, and they go out several times a year and do medical missions trips just like they saw you all do it from the States. You reap what you sow. When you sow into missions, you're going to reap 
missions. When you sow into the lives of others, you're going to reap souls for the kingdom. You reap what you sow. You reap more than you sow. We like that part, don't we? So much that they created a whole doctrine about it. And for some, using the terminology reaping and sowing has a bad uh, connotation. And so it's like, no, I don't like that. Well, let's just use the terms investing and uh, returns or a return on your investment then. But you reap more than what you sow. In 1 Kings 17, it talks about the prophet. It says, sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Zidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Do you know what I, I think? When we get to heaven, there's going to be a lot of surprises. And a lot of these people who are, look at me, look at me, in the kingdom of God, when they get to heaven, God's going to shake their hand and say, hey, welcome. I'll be with you in a minute. And he's going to go over and, sort and, and search out the widows, those that, that have been neglected, but have been intercessors for the kingdom that have given out of their need, and God's going to say, well done. Well done. He said, go to the widow's house. And so he went. Now, I don't know about you, but in my own life, I might have said to God, but God, we got a good thing going on here. Why ruin it? I'm sitting here by the brook. Every day I have fresh water in from the brook. And the first, uh, the first evidence of fast food was there because a raven would come in every day and drop off his food and fly away. That happened day after day after day until one day God said, no, this season's over. And the brook dried up and the ravens didn't come. Now, he could have argued with him, but you know what he did? He obeyed. In faith, he obeyed God. And he went to Zarephath. And he found the lady, the widow lady. And he walks up to her and says, Woman, I'm hungry. Fix me a meal. You can imagine how that went over. And the lady must have looked at him with this astonished look on her face. And must have said these words. Is that local? Are you crazy? Do you know what I'm doing here? I'm picking up sticks for our last meal before we die. And the prophet said, yeah, I know. Just fix me a meal. And so in faith and obedience, she went in, she fixed the meal. The prophet ate, the widow ate, and you know what else? Her family ate. So you not only reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow. God is in the business of multiplication. 
We have to understand that we live in a kingdom that is not uh, subject or governed by the laws of this land, by the nature, by, by uh, the, the natural laws. God can create whatever he needs. When we have a need that, has, that doesn't exist yet, the, the answer for our need doesn't exist yet, we say, God, what are they going to do? And he said, oh, I'll just speak it forth and create it. That's the God we serve. That's the king of the kingdom that we're in. And so we are supernatural people. And so we reap more than we sow because we obey and we put our faith in him. We trust him to do what he says that he will do. You know, you have the the, uh, faith promise cards. I started giving to missions when I was nine years old. Missionaries come to our church, and I would be so moved. And one day, they passed out the faith missions cards, and I filled it out. I was so excited. And I went home and told my mom and dad, I filled out a missions card today. I'm going to give to missions. And my dad, being a man full of faith, he said, son, you don't have any money. How are you going to do that? Like, well, well, thanks a lot for the encouragement, you know. But you know what? I went looking for a job. And you know what? God gave me one. Every Saturday morning, I would go down to the only car dealership in our little town, and I would sweep the showroom floor. And I paid my tithes, and I paid my missions commitment, and had some left over. One day, the owner was talking to my dad. He said, you know, Gary told me a story that I don't know if it's true. He said he needs his job to pay his missions pledge. Is that true? My dad said, yeah, that's true. God will honor your faith. And that's what it's all about. That one key word on this card is faith. With faith, I'll do it. And so you reap more than what you sow. And you've sowed into our ministry all these years from the very beginning. And now, because you've sown into our ministry, you thought maybe you were just giving to Patty and I and our family or just our ministry. But now that ministry has touched and impacted the, the entire country of Venezuela. And now Venezuela has sent out over 20 missionaries around the world. And many of these missionaries were young pastors starting out when we got to Venezuela over 20, almost 25 years ago. So we knew them. We've been in their churches. Some of them, we built their churches for them. And now we're going to that next level. So you have not only invested or sown into our lives and our ministry, but you've sown into Venezuela. And now you're going to take the Venezuelan seed and it's going to reap a harvest around the world. You are reaping more than you've sown because that's how God is. There's a church in Valencia, which is two hours from the the capital, Caracas. And this pastor and their church wanted to build a Christian school. 
and they've been saving. They, they opened a, a, a bank account, a building fund, and they would do fundraisers. They would, would save and, and take special offerings. So they had a little bit of money in their building fund, just waiting till they got enough where they could begin, start the construction, even though it wasn't enough to finish. And one weekend, he invited a missionary to come to speak at his church. And during the sermon, the mission sermon, God spoke to the pastor and said, remember that building fund? Yes. Give it to missions. At the end of the service, Pastor Luis went before his congregation. He said, I've never done this before, but God spoke to me today and said, we are to give our, our building fund to missions. Well, as you can imagine, not everybody shared his enthusiasm. But pastor, that's not fair. That's our money. We have saved for that. We have worked for that. That's ours for what we're going to do. And he said, I know. All I, all I can say is that God spoke to me and told me to do it. And we have to obey. So they gave all of their building fund to missions that day. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from a pastor in the States. He said, you know, Brother Gary, we, we have a construction team from our church, and we're looking for a project. Do you have any projects? I said, well, let me see. I didn't know the story about Luis and his church in Valencia, but I knew him. And so I went, and I talked with three different churches. Do you have any projects? When I got to Pastor Luis, he told me about the project and uh, what they wanted to do. He never told me the story. He just said, yeah, we have a, we have a, a project. He began to cast vision and share his dream. And when I went back and talked to the, the pastor, I called the pastor, said, here are three projects you can choose from. He said, we want the school. When they came a few months later, they brought 40 men with them. And as God is my witness today, the offering they brought to buy material for the project was three times more than what they had in their building fund. And in one week, what those 40 men did in one week would have taken the National Church over two years to build. You reap more than you sow. And in faith, we just obey God. Okay, God, we're going to do it. We're trusting you. And then lastly, you reap after you sow. The seed has to die. And then it produces many seeds. That's where faith and trust comes in with God. We just trust Him that He's going to do what He says He will do. And with this, I'll close. A church in Kansas was receiving a missions offering. And during the prayer, there was a single mom who was moved by the, the message and wanted to help. And during the prayer, she was wrestling with God and saying, God, I want to give, but I honestly have nothing to give in the offering. And when she opened her eyes, she saw the, the, the ring on her finger. 
And God said, what about your ring? Well, the ring was a keepsake given to her by her grandmother. Valuable to her. And when the offering plate went by, she took the ring off and placed it in the offering plate. After the service, they counted the offering. They brought it to the pastor and said, here's the offering, but here's a ring. We didn't know what to do with it. So they talked about it, and they decided they would have an auction. Next Sunday night after the service, they would auction off the ring. Whatever money comes in for the ring, they would put into missions. They announced it. They had the auction. A family in the church bought the ring, and after the service, after the auction, they brought the check to the pastor and said, here's the check for the ring, but we don't need the ring. Just keep it. Now they had another dilemma. What do we do? Well, let's have another auction. So they announced the second auction. The next Sunday night, they had another auction. The exact same thing happened. The family that bought the ring brought the check, said, Pastor, here's the check, but we don't need the ring. Keep it. What do we do? The third auction. The third time, a family bought the ring. They gave the money. They took the ring home. It was during the week. During their prayer time, that God spoke to them and said, you don't really need that ring. They said, no, we don't, but what do we do with it? And he said, just give it away to somebody to bless them. And so the next Sunday morning, they went to church early. Okay, God, just show us who to give it to. And they went up to this person. They said, you know, we bought the ring. We really don't need it. We just want to bless you with it. And when they gave her the ring, she began to cry. And she looked at them and said, that's my ring. They gave it to the very lady who had given it in the offering. She not only got her ring back, but there were three more missions offerings taken. You reap not only more, but it's after you sow. And so many people talk to me and say, once I get my increase in, in salary, once I get this, or when I do this, or when this happens, then I'm going to... No, faith is doing it now. In faith that it's going to happen. And as you give in these cards, God will honor you. You all are so generous, and you have reached the world with uh, your love and your grace. But he says, don't grow weary in well-doing. You know why? Because there's still another son or daughter or a grandpa, grandma, mom, or dad that needs to hear about the love of Jesus. And if it was our son or daughter, we would want somebody to tell them. That's why we're in it. Because we want to sow into the Spirit for eternal life. Father, we love you today, and we thank you for your goodness and for your faithfulness. And Lord, I just, I just thank you for Faith Chapel. This body of believers, I thank you for Pastor Brad and, and Beth, for the examples that they are, for the grace that they have upon their life. And God, that you would just like you took the bread and the, and the fishes, that you would take them and bless them and break them to be distributed to the multitudes. And that's what I pray for this church, God, that you would just take this church, 
Bless it. Break it. So it could be distributed to more than ever before in the coming year. And during the worship service, I just heard the Lord say to me that this coming year, 2017, is going to be a year of launching for Faith Chapel. That the season that you've been in has been a season of preparation, of finalizing a lot of details. But 2017 is going to be a year of launching, where you're going to launch new ministries, and you're going to reach more than ever before, and that God is going to give you favor, more favor than ever before. And even favor in this community and with businesses where they are going to to bless you with their services, donate their services and their merchandise to bless you because they see the work that you're doing. And during that time when there will be new ministries, but there will be a refreshing of the anointing upon this church for healings and miracles. And even right now, what's happening with, with, uh, with Sophia is, is, um, is tied to that for next year. And as you see the miracle that's going to take place in her life, that is going to be a launching pad of what happens next year in and through your church. And people are going to come because they need miracles and healings. And they're going to come to this church looking for that. And they're going to find not just the healing, but the healer. The refuge will be here. And God is going to multiply. God is going to do a, a, a mighty work. So don't grow weary in well-doing, and say, we're too small. We've done all that we can do. And when it comes to the media and television, don't say, we're just a small church. It can't be done. Because God specializes in the impossible. And God is going to begin opening doors into the media and television market to be able to help you to, to, uh, to extend your ministry through media. And it's going to reach people that you've never thought possible before. God's going to do it. Prepare for that. And Jesus, we just thank you for this, this body of believers, for their generosity, for their faith, for their faithfulness. God, now that you would just give back to them more than ever before. Honor the desires of their heart, the harvest that would come in this next year. In Jesus' name, amen.